Unleashed to take over the bodies and souls of the people of our planet. Not recommended for impressionable children. Get my volume up here. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, for oh my gosh, it's almost October 9:23, 2022. And of course, welcome to the show, uh, Joe. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight. Oh yes, about umbrellas. Oh yeah. And, of course, uh, Miles, you'll be continuing uh, the saga of the beautifully named warship, the Yamoto. Yes, yes, the Yamoto is, <laughs> is, uh, is a beautiful ship. And, of course, Michelle, you are going to be our tour guide to yet another haunted locale for us this evening. Yes, we're going to be exploring the Winchester um, Mystery Mansion. It's very cool. So, very excited about this. And, of course, uh, for my... Uh, Lead up to Halloween, I picked uh, uh, another uh, theme, you know, and I noticed that, you know, so far my themes are kind of all about people losing their humanity, <laughs> you know, either being, uh, you know, turned into zombies or consuming other people or now uh, being completely robbed of their identity with via alien invaders. So, uh, and the genre is pretty fun. Uh, there's been a lot of movies, and the first movie that I could find, of course, um, is the classic from 1956, uh, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Not to take away from the, um, the you know, remake in the 70s, a great remake with Donald Sutherland and Leonard Nimoy. Um, a fantastic movie, but that's something we've talked about on the show before. But we've never actually talked about the first movie about aliens taking over and pretending to be human. Uh, of course, this isn't necessarily taking over our bodies in the sense as it, a, they use their alien science to recreate exact duplicates of us after they've killed us, of course, <laughs> or turned us into a food source or what have you. I don't remember the exact what exactly what they were doing with us in, in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because it's been a very long time, but man, I gotta say, Joe, Kevin McCarthy, the good one, um, <laughs> <laughs> gave one hell of a performance in that movie. He just ate up the, the scenes. Should have got an Oscar, I always said. You know, uh, and, and you know, there, there was a movie, and I'm, I'm, I, I will look up what it is, but um, when Kevin McCarthy was still alive, Anthony Hopkins... Uh, made this really strange movie, and I don't recall the name of it, um, but he paid a huge homage to Kevin McCarthy and his performance in Invasion of the Body Snatchers in this film, and I'll have to look it up. Um, but uh, uh, 
the, but yeah, so in the meantime, here's the trailer for the very first, what I can see, Aliens Pretending to be Humans, Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. But, will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late! Listen to me. Please, listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! from another world, spawned in the light years of space, unleashed to take over the bodies and souls of the people of our planet, bringing a new dimension in terror to the giant super scope screen. It's whatever intelligence or instinct it is that can govern the forming of human flesh and blood out of thin air is fantastically powerful, beyond any comprehension. A cursed, dreadful, malevolent thing was happening to those he loved. Just an ordinary body, is it? I never saw one like it. It looks unused. The sensational star discovery of the view from Poppy's head. And now an undreamed of horror makes her life and love a vortex of fear. Jack! <laughs> Suddenly, while you're asleep, they'll absorb your minds, your memories. I don't want any part of it. You're forgetting something, Miles. What's that? You have no choice. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spreads. As the unimaginable becomes real, the impossible becomes true. Stop and listen! Stop and listen to me! Listen! Listen! Listen to me! next <laughs> uh what a classic what an absolute classic movie and the movie was uh, uh called slipstream not to be confused with the bill paxton uh, mark hamill movie slipstream uh from the late 80s uh but from 2007 uh yeah uh anthony hopkins plays a screenwriter who is losing his grasp on uh, reality and Kevin McCarthy plays himself, and there are many references to the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So, pretty cool, uh, you know, homage uh, to Kevin McCarthy before he passed. Um, and I, I recommend that, too, Slipstream. You know, make it a double feature, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Slipstream. Um, but, uh, yeah, the... the um, uh, you, you have to love the... It, that the original one too because there's like everybody just doesn't believe kevin mccarthy you know but it's like ah, i've never seen anything like this some kind of seed pod <laughs> um but uh yeah pretty pretty cool uh early apocalyptic movie michelle very much so and i do prefer the original even though it has been done a couple times since mm -hmm. each one of them has their own little enjoyment factor because as special effects get better they can do different things yeah but just that original the black and white and the pods burst the bubbling out and ooh. yeah <laughs> 
And the the later ones definitely explored the the uh, you know where, where uh, the movies went from there. The more serious uh, movies, where they really kind of got into the body horror aspect of it too. So, and yeah, we'll have a fair amount of examples of that. But uh, Joe, did you were uh, did you go see this when you were a kid? So you were probably too uh, no, young. No, not in, no, no. But probably, I've seen it yeah. like. Oh, a few hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> um, Miles, this one, you have any memories of? No, I, I've seen the one with uh, Donald uh, Sutherland. Leonard Nimoy and Sutherland, yeah, but not this yeah. one. Uh, great, great movie. But yeah, the aesthetic for it, the black and white aesthetic is really eerie. Uh, Michelle, you are right. So, um, also, so uh, you know, uh, the the next example that I could find is another great movie, which it had been has been redone by one of our favorites, uh, a movie, for, little movie from 1960 called Village of the Damned, where to take the creep factor up another notch, Michelle, uh, this one has uh, all the women in a village give birth to children all on the same day. And, of course, they're accused of adultery and, you know, all kinds of horrible things and, you know, sex out of wedlock. Um, but it turns out, of course, it was an alien force that impregnated the entire village of women. And, um, and yeah, that was... So that's taking the... That's taking the concept, like, to the ick factor of, well, okay, well, that's alien rape, really, on a mass scale. You yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to put it, um, and uh, and of course the results are shocking and terrifying and creepy. And of course the the remake to this was fantastic with Christopher Reeve, Mark Hamill again, um, by John Carpenter. Uh, John Kirstie Carpenter, Alley. yeah, Kirstie Alley. Uh, John Carpenter seemed kind of obsessed with the this idea of aliens inhabiting human bodies, as we'll get to, because we have, you know, of course Joe the Thing. Uh, aliens impersonating humans, uh, but there's still two more examples we'll get to later. Um, but this here's the trailer for the 1960 uh, Village of the Damned. Great film. Science fiction has never imagined so strange or terrifying a story as that of the village of Midwich, England, cut off from life as we know it by some mysterious force. And later, at one and the same time, a child was born to every woman in the village. Children that grew to look like this. Beautiful youngsters behind whose fiery, hypnotic eyes lurked the demon forces of another world. They're not human. They ought to be destroyed. Forces put to such sinister use that it became a national emergency. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists, as government experts. Have we established anything about the origins of these children? There is the possibility of the transmission of energy. Let me get this straight. You imply that these children may be the result of impulses directed towards us from somewhere in the universe. What we need is time to investigate. Are you aware of life on another planet? Why are you so nervous when an aircraft flies above you? Until recently, we haven't been able to make our control reach as far as a high aircraft. Well, now you have, is that it? Today, their control reaches out into space. 
Tomorrow, will it girdle the globe? There's nothing you can do to stop us. Leave us alone. Oh, that movie is so creepy. And the special effects were done very well in that one, uh, Michelle, with, with the glowing eyes. They did a nice job. They really, really popped. Yeah, I mean, it, back in the day, you know, an effect like that was, you know, unheard of to, to see something that looked kind of realistic. Joe, what were you going to say? Oh, I just a little uh, antidote to the original Village of the Damned from 1960. Mm-hmm. Um my sister had just given birth to my niece, who had blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> creepy, and creepy. They, her and my brother-in-law went to the drive-in to see <laughs> Village of the Dance. And she couldn't sleep that night every time she went into my niece's room. <laughs> because she kept thinking, is this an alien? <laughs> yeah. Too funny. It was, it, and uh, she was uh, forever scarred. Well, <laughs> yeah, and of course the um, uh, I uh, in in researching this, and of course uh, uh, speaking of Kevin McCarthy, a different kind of McCarthy, uh, McCarthyism actually uh, was kind of the inspiration uh, behind the story, the the book uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, I don't know if that was the actual name of the book. It came out a few years before, a couple of years before. Um, it might have just been called The Body Snatchers. Um, but uh, the, the uh, you know, a lot of it obviously was about, you know, fueled by the paranoia of communist infiltration. Uh, whereas this one seems like it, it has uh, uh, allusions to maybe, the, you know, the Aryan race, the master race with kids all having light hair, light eyes, and, you know, being superior uh. to uh, to the rest of us. So, um, you know, so space Nazis, Miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just wondering if it would have been better if the aliens had sent some of their representatives disguised as angels to just inform the ladies that, you know, like, hey, you've been blessed with a pregnancy and just accept, you know, congratulations. Sure, sure. So, <laughs> but it's uh, funny mm-hmm. the uh, the Umbrella Academy has a similar start. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's been a while since I've I've seen it, but yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Um, and did you see one of them has a birthday this this week too? So it works well. No, it's number Perfect. five's birthday. Oh, okay. Very nice. So um, now we, we again we have talked about the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Great movie, you gotta love the dog face scene. Um, but uh, this is a movie that I have talked about before. Uh, really, really kicked the kicked it up a notch. And this is a, a Cronenberg film, uh, of course. Uh, David Cronenberg, a huge body horror director. And he got a lot of flack for this, which we talked about in the past, Michelle. But his movie Shivers from 1975. Oh, yeah. Creep fest, you know, slugs, you know, slithering in and out of your body, taking you over. Um, But, yeah, again, um, 
th this is where you know the the body horror really starts to ramp up in these films and shivers and the the one after that uh we'll talk about you know and of course you know the uh, alien uh, you can I kind of want to put alien in the mix to a certain degree but it, it's it's like it doesn't it's it just kind of they live in us and then they kill us and they come out you know it's not like they turn us evil or they take over our bodies and ju strictly just use our bodies it, you know the the xenomorphs they're their own thing they just need us for an incubation process so kind of really doesn't fit with this but in a in a tangential way it does um but yeah so shivers from 1975 david cronenberg fantastic film if you think you're not afraid of the dark, if you think you have a strong stomach, if you feel nothing can shock you, if you say you don't scare easily, if you believe you've seen everything, then prepare yourself for a motion picture that takes you beyond fear, beyond your wildest nightmares and brings you face to face with terror beyond the power of priest or science to exercise what are they raging demons from another world bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed or incarnations of absolute evil they possess men women and children and drive them to acts of unbelievable horror no one is safe from them no power on earth can stop them the only escape is death if this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm you'd better see a psychiatrist quick yeah <laughs> see a psychiatrist quick um, but, uh, it, you know, great, creepy movie. Uh, a lot, a large portion of it, I think takes place in an apartment building, if I'm not mistaken, Michelle. Yes. So, uh, so. It's, and there's a scene in a pool that's very yeah, interesting. <laughs> very. And it's a, it's kind of a very claustrophobic kind of movie that, you know, like there's really no way out. Um, yeah. Now one, there's one that I'm really sad about that I couldn't put on the list i thought it was available online but it is not the only way way it's available is through sinister cinema <laughs> who i we happen to sell their movies in our store and i've sold this movie twice if i had if I, I put an order in and i ordered more copies of it um but this is a movie by fred olin ray from 1978 uh called the brain leeches all right it is one of the lowest budget movies ever made. It was completed on a budget of two hundred <laughs> and ninety-eight dollars, and and it's it's a really fun movie, and it has like uh, a country uh, a country song about the brain leeches that I wanted to have for you guys tonight, but I don't have it. Um, and um, I. Uh, but yeah, so it just there's not no audio of it available, uh, and uh, I'm gonna issue an apology to Adam right now. Um, uh, you, sorry, you sent the clip, uh, your mythical moment at five minutes before the show, so I I will not be able to play it tonight. But a contingency plan of the Kill the Hippies Halloween songs 
will uh, happen tonight. And um, Michelle, you'll be happy to know uh, Mort and I are working on our third installment of a Halloween song this year. Oh, cool. I need to so, get them on CD sometime. Put them on a yeah. CD for me. You know, I have to yeah. get my CD ROM out. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, so that that's happening. But yeah, so brain leeches. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll promise you guys that I'll get you the brain leeches song for a future show. Uh, once I get those DVDs back in stock. Um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, but shivers, brain leeches, two fun seventies movies. You know, the the brain leeches is really great because it's it, they use like sock puppets and stuff in parts of it. It's really great. So, <laughs> but they do have some halfway decent effects in it, but the lighting is so bad that, you know, uh, it's, it's a bit rough. It's black and white too, but, uh, but the song for it is incredible. So, um, but yeah, um, shivers, I'm sure Joe and miles, you haven't seen that one. Cause that's kind of a, you know, that's a uh, more of the splatter fest movie that Michelle and I would, uh, dive it's outside into. my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yes. Mine so. Uh oh yay we just sold something on sorry <laughs> if you hear that cha-ching uh, that's something selling on eBay um but anyway 1983 Michelle this is again super crazy body horror uh extra British film uh basically this one unfortunately has that R word again pop up where uh, a kid's father disappears and comes back and it's not the kid's father anymore and ends up uh, having sex with his, well, uh, mother and then something else horrible happens. So, but yeah, extra, extra is, there's some great gore in that. There's some really good practical effects going on in there that rivaling the thing, you know, uh, you know, not to put, you know, not take anything away from the thing because that's a masterpiece. But extra is very well done in the practical effects, and um, and here's the trailer for that, 1983. Tony's father has been away a long time. Now he's coming home. Extra has returned. Once a man, he is now something more than human. Indestructible, ever-changing, evil. His mission, to avenge, to possess, to destroy. Why did you come back? I came back for you. Oh, my God. Joe! Extro, bearing powers of black magic from deep space. If you think hard about something, you can make it happen. Use it when you need it. Extraterrestrials aren't friendly. From New Line Cinema, rated R. 
Yeah, there you go. Do you think that announcer was a smoker? So, uh, <laughs> man, that's a deep voice. Uh, that puts what makes William Conrad looks like he's going through puberty. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and Michelle, that one has the great scenes of the kid bringing his toys to life and stuff like that. The, there was like a, I guess it would be action man. Cause that was the name for GI Joe in, in England. There was the action man scene. that was really creepy because I think it was, they, they put somebody in a life size costume with the plastic, like action figure face and, uh, you know, had him marching around and, you know, made the surroundings look larger to make it look like it was an actual toy. That was a, a creepy scene that'll stick with me for a long time. Yeah, there's actually three of those movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there are three. And I think they're making a new one. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they, I haven't seen the sequels, but this one... Uh, I had, uh, I found a copy, a rental copy in the thrift store many years ago and kept it in my personal collection until I sold it on eBay for $60 I, to a guy in England. Uh, <laughs> I love the tagline on those posters. Uh, with daddy's home? No, no when Tony grows up, he's going to be just like daddy. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. I like, you know, not all, not all aliens or extraterrestrials are friendly to, you know. That's, yeah. that's pretty fun because they're obviously making a knock at ET that came out a year earlier. So, um, but not now. Not every story, not every story like this, you know, because uh, um, is a horror story. Uh, sometimes there, you know, uh, and and this one I always forgot. I was talking to you guys about this the other day. I always forgot that this was a John Carpenter movie. But from the following year, in 1984, with uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, John Carpenter made the movie Starman. Great movie. Really awesome film. Uh, and it, it, it really was one of the first movies that, that played off the comedy of... Um, uh, th that, you know... An alien trying to act like a human, smiling awkward, and things like that. You know, it, it, and you know, speaking in odd turn, odd, you know, with odd mannerisms and things like that. Uh, but this is, is this movie we've all seen, Starman from 1984. Yes. Yes. Okay, Joe, have you seen this one? Uh yes, I think I did. Yeah, so great movie. I loved it when it came out. It's been a long time since I've seen it, uh, and watching the trailer just wants me to see it again. So, again, not every alien among us is, you know, or alien who looks like us is, uh, is all that bad. In 1977, Voyager 2 was launched into space to the outermost regions of the universe. It carried an invitation in all languages for alien life forms to visit our planet. Someone somewhere listened and accepted our invitation. Get ready, someone is coming. Someone like no one she has ever known before. Can you clone a living organism from the hair of a dead man? We're hypothesizing a technology that's probably 100,000 years ahead of me. He has powers we cannot imagine and the face and touch of the man she loved. I sent greetings. What's the matter with you? 
How much English do you understand? I understand readings in 54 planet Earth languages. Do you seriously expect me to tell the president that an alien has landed, assumed the identity of a dead house painter, and is presently out tooling around the countryside in a hopped up 1977 Mustang? You're not from around here, are you? Think of what it would mean to talk to a being from a civilization like that. Think of what we could learn. You don't understand there isn't much time, please. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. Can't you just leave him alone? What the hell ever happened to good manners? We invited him here. So far to come. So much to do. So little time to fall in love. Look up. Company's coming. John Carpenter's Starman. Really powerful movie. Good, uh, you know, and you can hear the carpenter. Uh, the carpenter had a hand in the music there too. Um, you know, it's his his sound musically is just you know you can't mistake it uh, for anybody who's seen a handful of his movies. Um, uh, but yeah, that you know, really great movie. Karen Allen, of course, uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark, was in it. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, Jeff Bridges still trucking today, uh, and Karen Allen's still trucking today. She's popped up, uh, well, she was in the, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I know that was a while back, but I know she's still doing, doing stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I figure I can't make everything a gore fest, right, Michelle? Right. You yeah. have to have some good news. I tried I try to that's why I try to put comedy horror in with my horror. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just so you can have a laugh. Oh yeah. Well, I definitely have a, a fun comedy for you uh coming up. But yeah, we have some other fun stuff, some some things that uh maybe you guys might have missed. We've got a couple more in the eighties and some nineties fun for everybody. Uh but we do have to uh get going to the break and uh when we come back, um yeah, we'll tell everybody, Michelle, uh, what what we're going to hear in the first trailer break, birthday trailers. All right. We have one, Cassandra Peterson, born September 17th, 1951, in Manhattan, Kansas. She is in a fun romp uh, called All About Evil from 2010. Nice. Then we have one of my favorites, Roddy McDowell. Well, Cassandra Peterson is a favorite as well, but we have Roddy McDowell. Uh, born September seventeenth, nineteen twenty-eight, in Hernhill, London, and he is a fun in a fun haunted house movie I love called The Legend of Hell House from nineteen seventy-three. Then we have Aisha Tyler, born September eighteenth, nineteen seventy, in San Francisco, California, and she is in a fairly recent uh, fun little horror movie called Untitled Horror Movie from two thousand twenty-one. And two of those people were regulars on the Stephanie Miller show. So, <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. We'll be right well, back. Well, at least two of them were. <laughs> at least two of them, yeah. Daddy loved this movie theater. He believed in this place. And in me. Your father wanted you to be an actress. This theater can work. Well, I'll see to it personally. <laughs> it's like Daddy always said. The show must go on. Fuck you, mother! Start the movie! Start the movie! Start the movie! Fuck you, 
concessionaire. I'm an actress. I am a filmmaker. In all of history, in all the annals of horror, there's never been a great female horror filmmaker. Don't you see how important that is? Action! I am the Scarlet Leper! And you call me a whore! No, no, I never said you were a whore. I said you were... She's murdering her actors. By grinding out weekly gore films that she writes, directs, and stars in. Satisfying a rather large number of fans' unquenchable thirst for violence. The Gore Tunisia's films are shocking. You're getting this in close-up, right? And fans say they're as real as it gets. Is that somebody screaming? Uh, we're making a new film. The camera's on! Welcome to another fantastically frightening Friday night at the Victoria Theatre. Without further ado... And do you know where the, uh, ladies' room is? Miss Deborah Tenise! to make this house so evil murder vampirism cannibalism drug addiction alcoholism sadism mutilation how did it end if it had ended we would not be here tried to kill me, it almost succeeded. I don't accept this. I do not accept this! Naked. Drunk. Fighting. Oh, please get me out of here.
any of the windows or the doors to outside. I think someone is a big is trying to kill me. Why doesn't she just break a fucking window? The script literally makes zero sense. It's about a spirit that attacks people who sin. That's literally everyone. The scenes you guys filmed were good. And if we all did it and took it seriously, Please. we could definitely sell it. Okay, you know you need more than actors and a script to make a movie. You need financing, you need a director. We keep doing what we've been doing and we just Shoot it ourselves. On what? On our phones. <laughs> oh my god, guys. I didn't film that. No, you're stuffing it out of the house. I didn't, I didn't film that. We need to call the cops right now. Whoever did that could still be in your house. What? Why would you say that to her? 911. Oh Chrissy, god. now. Max, Max, this isn't funny anymore. If you were actually there and you actually shot it. Why would I tell her to call the cops? I'm not kidding. Where'd she go? 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 Somebody Where'd call her! Somebody call her! Are you guys all in on this together? Is this off camera? No. no! Okay, shit. Do we have a name yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking... The Reckoning. No. No. Why? I don't like it. All around, no. Untitled horror movie. What? It feels very meta. This is weird. Hey guys, I don't really know how to work this. How do I hang up? We're after you! We're after all of us! Our wives, our children, everyone! They're here already! You're next! Yep, you're next. Well, actually, you, maybe. Uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Michelle. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see that entitled uh, horror film. That that sounds fun. It is fun. It's uh, it's 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 a little low budget, but it is enjoyable to watch. I enjoyed uh, it. You know, uh, well, hey, I already mentioned that I <clears throat> I'm a fan of brain leeches that cost under three hundred dollars to make. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure their budget was a skosh higher than that. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for the trailers and uh, Miles, welcome back uh, to the program. Uh, hopefully, uh, this is uh, some sci-fi uh, uh, of the horrors entertaining you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things All are right. good. And uh, Joe, yeah, we've got a lot of a uh, lot of fun, weird stuff uh, with aliens uh, among us. Yes, yes, we do. So, but yeah, we there's some there's some comedy stuff in here too as well. So. Uh, never fear. Uh, but this one is a really bizarre one um, that I enjoy quite a bit. And it's more of um, not a whole huge, massive alien taking over human beings, but um, a good alien and a bad alien. And the bad alien hops from body to body, wreaking all kinds of havoc. And the good alien stays in the young hot bod of Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> Oh which, yeah, <laughs> which is uh, the 1987 movie called The Hidden, which is kind of a a, a forgotten gem. Great movie, uh, check it out. I want this car. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. I need the keys. 
Thank you. Bye. He is a very fine, very honest gentleman. Something strange is happening to some ordinary people. Yeah, that's Jack. Real nice man. What do you do, rob a bank? He's a law-abiding taxpayer, minding his own business. Killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. If anybody deserves to go that way, sure in the hell's him. <laughs> I've worked homicide for 13 years. Now. I have never seen anything like this. You trying to tell me that she's part of this? Step out of the car slow! want answers and I want them now. Explanation won't help you. I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some sold-out stripper. Why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people? We're talking spacemen here. Something gets in his way, he kills us. Finds a body. Gets inside, uses it to move around. Try for one on the tire. But you think this is easy? Why don't you try? Oh, you did it. Bye. I guess a career in the police didn't really prepare you for this, did it? <laughs> the hidden. You think it's over now? You're wrong. Yeah, so uh, Claudia, uh, oops, that was the voice of Claudia Christian, of course. She's a knockout. She was in a lot of uh, really great stuff back in the 80s. And uh, cast also included um, <clears throat> uh, Charlie Skeen, not to be confused with Charlie Sheen. Uh, looks like he played a Klingon at one point. Um, I don't know what movie that was from. And uh, also, uh, uh, Michael Nori uh, was in it um, as the the human police uh, officer working alongside the alien possessed Kyle McLaughlin, uh, Lloyd Gallagher. Uh, but yeah, Michelle, that one was a lot of fun. It was. I I've, I I think I've talked about. It. I think we had the trailer once before last year, sometime for somebody's birthday. But probably yeah, so. And uh, yeah, Cla Claudia Christensen, those that with that. Big 80s hairstyle, <laughs> yeah. earrings, wielding that machine gun. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, the, but this is a this is a lot of fun. And I know I was still, you know, riding pretty high off of Kyle MacLachlan in Dune. And I was like, I got to see it. You know, I got to see another movie with Kyle MacLachlan, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, this one was, it was pretty well done. It was a modest budget, but it was, it was done uh, pretty decently. And, you know, another great thing about aliens possessing humans in movies is, boy, does it save on effects. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so, well, we still had some effects. Yeah, it did. It did. But, you know, you don't have to have somebody running around in full prosthetics, you know, uh, the, the whole time. Um, but uh, now, now, just a year later, you see, I, I thought The Hidden came after the next one. But this one, uh, the, everybody knows the memes from this. They're everywhere. They've been abused by right-wingers. Um, and I'm sure uh, uh, John Carpenter's not happy about that. 
Uh, but a fantastic uh, film w- w- with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, one of my favorite old WWF wrestlers. Yeah, that's right, World uh, World Wildlife Foundation. I said it. Um, uh, but yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And people often said I kind of looked like him when I was younger, too. Because um, uh, I still have very similar hair to the way he wore it in the movie. But uh, yeah, They Live from 1988. Great movie. What do these things want? And why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you. All around you. Blinded us to the truth. Take a look. They are safe. As long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. They're everywhere. Our owner. We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. Ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. You're sending some kind of signals on the TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletale. <laughs> now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! But I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick it. And I'm all out of bubblegum. So that cast also includes uh, the, the the living legend uh, Keith David and Meg Foster, she of the steel blue eyes. Um, you know, so awesome cast. And uh, uh, but the line got cut from the trailer. But never fear, I will uh, give you the full rendition right here. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Oh yeah! <laughs> and that uh, that uh, line ended up getting recycled by uh, the creators of the Duke Nukem video game that I used to play all the time because that was that was one of the lines that they used for the character in there. And uh, and of course the the underrated <laughs> uh, the underrated uh, clip. Uh, Mama don't like tattletales. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's so many memes with the obey thing, and you know, uh, I'm sure John Carpenter loves that, but again, does not like them being used inappropriately, um, because you know this was made at the the height of Reaganism, you know, um, and John Carpenter is n- definitely not a right winger. I can tell you that. I don't know if he's been very open about his politics, but he's not a right winger. Um, I do love how that movie really just flies it it unapologetically uh goes after capitalism and and what we're inclined what we're basically told to do yeah yeah uh yeah, yeah con- consumerism capitalism uh all of that 
Um, you know, because he, he, uh, of course the the plot of the movie, Roddy Piper's character comes into the possession of a set of glasses that can see through the fake human visit visages of uh, the these uh, alien infiltrators into our society. Uh, we've got these creepy skull-like faces, and of course, uh, when he looks at certain billboards or TV messages or something like that uh, for advertising and whatnot, he, he the word "obey" appears in big. Oh, everything letters. has that. And when you looked at the yeah. money, it said, "This is your god." Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of really cool, you know, uses of that, and. Uh, uh, you know, just a great movie. John Carpenter just completely unchained. He got, he, you know, he cast who the hell he wanted in this movie. Uh, I think Jason Robards even had a small part in this as well. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, he just did what he wanted to do. And, uh, I love that about this movie is because, you know, I mean, he, this is kind of when he was on top of the world, uh, uh, Michelle, you know, with, uh, the success of Halloween, The Thing, Starman. Um, what else did he do before that? Um, uh, oh gosh, um, drawing a blank. Uh, the Fog, of course. Yes, and, The Fog. Um, Escape from New York, and um, there's another one that I'm forgetting. Um, oh, Big Big Trouble in Little China, right? So, I mean, he just had a string of them there. And then, uh, but unfortunately, this one kind of uh, led to his decline. And he started doing things like the remake of Village of the Damned. And uh, then, you know, minor successes with Prince of Darkness and uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, you know, those were kind of low budget uh, compared to a lot of other things he'd done. So, uh, but, you know, it, it's good to see that he, you know, still kept trucking, though, you know. And, yeah, very uh, much so. You know, and uh, and Joe, did you see They Live? Have you seen this one? I have not. No. Oh my God, it's so good! It's so good! It, it's it's a fun fun ride. You, you're definitely gonna want to see it. Think you know that we're it, nothing's too spoiled for you. It everything everything we talked about is given away in the trailer. Um. So. Uh. But yeah, I, I figured. Um. Yeah, I'm, you got to see it if you're a John Carpenter fan. You'll love this movie. And Roddy Piper again. That line. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. And of course, that line probably inspired uh, Sam Raimi for for the line for Ash and Army of Darkness. Uh, what was his line in that, Michelle? Uh. Um, you ain't got, uh, 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 oh, it, it's, oh, a, I know what you're talking about. It's not, jack, a, it's not jack the tip shit. of my tongue. It's, it's, uh, you ain't got Jack or shit and Jack just left town or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, so, so along those lines. So, um, but, uh, all right, here's a, here's a quick comedy for everybody. Uh, uh, one of your favorites, Joe, Dan Aykroyd, uh, from 1988 as well. So we have two aliens as humans, uh, in 1988. Uh, my stepmother is an alien. You don't have to be beautiful. For all of you who've been wondering what our first contact with an alien would be like. Whether a visitor from another planet would be friendly 
intelligent, eager to communicate, or maybe even have superhuman powers. At last, there is a movie that will satisfy your curiosity. Dan Aykroyd, Kim Basinger. My stepmother is an alien, a comedy of cosmic proportions. I forgot how borderline obscene the trailer was for this movie, Michelle. <laughs> Do you re- it's it's basically got Kim Basinger in a nighty and uh, leaves very little to the imagination. Let me just say that. Yeah, very short. I think it was white. Um, so yeah, they were they were making every bit of uh, film footage they could out of her in in that nightgown. And the movie also has a very 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 young Seth Green and Allison Hannigan. That's their right. First, their first movie roles, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You you featured that, I think, for uh, birthdays uh, uh, on a birthday show in the past year. So. Uh, oh, but, and the um, mm-hmm. it was Danny Trejo was in the hidden. He was in the he was the guy. Oh, guy yeah. yelling at him from the jail cell. <laughs> you have a clip of it somewhere. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I forgot about that. Let me let me find that because uh, that that was. Uh, him talking about improving the line. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, let me see. Let me find it real quick. Uh, famous line from The Hidden. So, yeah, here we go. There's a, it's a three, 13 seconds long. The Hidden? Yo, hippie, what kind of dude are you? That was an alien. He was shooting us in jail. The director said, Danny, yell something. Yo, Yo hippie, hippie, what, what kind, kind of dude are you? Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yo, hippie, what kind of dude are you? Guy looked nothing like a hippie. <laughs> no, but it was great. <laughs> it is. It's hysterical. So, uh, but yeah, uh, did you see that one, Joe? My stepmother's an alien with uh, Dan Aykroyd? I did not. No. no. Well, your, your list. Wow. It's You're gonna, getting big. It's going to be a marathon. Um. Now, uh, this one I absolutely loved. Uh, I own it on VHS. Um, I might have it on DVD, too. Uh, but it is... I, I absolutely adore it. It's from 1994. And it stars Donald Sutherland in yet another body-snatching type movie. Uh, this is an uh, adaptation, although not super faithful. Uh, but, you know... Has a lot of elements of a Robert Heinlein story, The Puppet Masters from '94, and I just love it. It was low budget, but I think it was really well done, really well told. Has some great action sequences, too. Um, and this one's definitely more on the sci fi side of things, but there is some pretty gross, you know, uh, aliens burrowing, you know, burrowing into your spine and brain stuff. Um, but yeah, The Puppet Masters from 1994, great movie.
can either. I think we lost it. I think we hear him typing. Yeah, I don't hear him at all. I hear uh -uh. I, I hear somebody typing every now and then. Uh, you guys hearing everything okay? No. I just hear you. Oh, just you too. just you didn't hear the the uh, trailer? No, no, we didn't hear no. anything. Wow, that's really strange. Can you hear this? Mama don't like tattletales. Yes. Anything? Wow. Okay. Well, it should have gone out over the broadcast. That's really strange. Um. So, uh, yeah, th that doesn't make any sense. Uh, let me let me. Play the beginning of it again. See if uh, you hear any of it. So, is it coming through? No. No. Nope. No. Okay. There's a glitch with that one. I have no idea why I didn't do anything different to it. So, uh, well, there you go. Use your imagination for the Puppet Masters from 1994. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. So. <laughs> so, um, that's strange. I think I've seen it as well. That that is really strange that you can hear other things, but you can't hear that one. Um. So uh, anyway, well, I'll have to I save blame my Antifa. Yeah, I, I yeah, or uh, uh, QAnon. Um, so, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we should uh, get going to the break here. Uh, I've got a couple more that I'll save for the end. Uh, but yeah, so uh, sorry about the glitch, but you know things happen. Um, but yeah, we'll be right back with more. It came from Cleveland after this. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh. It's going to be a good night. Cleveland, Ohio. A land of strange rituals. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. Back from the dead. Kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok. When human beings tamper with unknown forces. Cut the power! Now at last, the real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish undertaking. Something evil. It's my son Kenny's birthday today, and uh, wouldn't your son be happier playing with kids his own age? Assuming it's okay with your two dads. I would rather chew off my own foot. Not recommended for impressionable children. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, yeah, so I hope everybody enjoyed the recommendations for Aliens Among Us. Got a couple more for the end of the show. Uh, fun genre to take a look at. Because uh, there's not a ton, ton of movies. Not like zombie movies. Uh, there's not a ton of movies in that genre. Uh, but there are, you know, there are a fair amount that we didn't uh, cover. Uh, but yeah, again, not 
anything near like zombies and werewolves and and uh, vampires and stuff like that, Michelle. Hey, there's there, it, 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 it still is a lot of fun, so it is, you know. And of course, welcome back to you. Looking forward to uh, your haunted tourism uh, later on, and creepy good times, <laughs> yeah. And of course, Miles, uh, looking forward to hearing uh, more about the Yamoto uh, later on, yep, yep, uh, me too. And uh, Joe, welcome back to you, and uh, we're back to uh, more TV recommendations uh, from you. Yeah, streaming, streaming, weaming. Um, this is one I discovered uh, by accident. In fact, it's one of those series that uh, I watched the first episode and panned it and just went on mm-hmm. and then went back to it and loved it. And I said, what's wrong with That's why it's always worth to give things a second chance. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I guess you guys know the Umbrella Academy from its comic it's comic book. Yeah, uh, I believe it was origins, a dark horse. Right? I think it was a dark horse comic, if I'm not mistaken. That's what they. That's the uh, yeah, what they say. So, um, it did have comic book origins, but boy, they did a great job with this this uh, this uh, series, uh, which has three three seasons so far, and I think they're planning a fourth. So let's get into it. So, um, Sir Reginald Hargreaves, he's the center. Of the uh, of the umbrella academy, he's the the, the leader, uh, and he came from a long time ago, from another dimension, devastated by nuclear war. And in 1928, he travels to the United States and purchased the DS Umbrella Com- Manufacturing Company uh, right from its owner. Uh, and then, suddenly, 43 women give birth to children, sort of like Village of the Dead. Yeah. With unique feats and abilities, and this all happens on the same day, October 1st, 1989. And Sir Reginald Hargreaves uh, adopts seven of these children and founds the Umbrella Academy in hopes of training a team of superheroes to prevent the type of apocalypse that uh, befell his world. Um, And it's all explained in uh, clip one, which is the uh, season trailer. In October 1989, 43 women around the world gave birth. None of these women had been pregnant when the day first began. How much do you want for it? I have adopted six children. Gifted with abilities far beyond the ordinary. I give you... The Umbrella Academy. Does anyone wish to speak? It was a monster. Everything about our family is insane. It always has. Skirt? Oh, yeah, this. It's very breathy on the bits. Nice to see nothing's <laughs> changed. I jumped forward and got stuck in the future. Do you know what I found? Absolutely nothing. When's it supposed to happen? In eight days. Oh, shit. There's someone out there who's trying to stop me from preventing the apocalypse. Grab the side. 
We need the full force of the Academy. Bingo. Yay, sisters. Yay, sisters. Get up, we're going. Where? Save the world. Oh, is that all? Fun stuff. Yes. So, I thought, you know, the best thing to do uh, without giving any, you know, trying to limit the spoilers here. I think, first of all, for those who might not be familiar with the Umbrella Academy, let's uh, introduce the seven children. Well, they're adults now. Uh, let's start with, uh, they were all numbered um, according to their abil- what he perceived as their abilities, one through seven. So let's start with number one, Luther. Uh, he was uh, number one and the leader of the Umbrella Academy. He used to possess uh, superhuman strength and durability. Uh, when he was sent on a sol- solo mission to stop a biochemical threat, Luther is critically injured, and Sir Reginald is forced to use a uh, serum to save his life. But the serum gives Luther an ape-like physiology, including the hair. <laughs> so it, it inc- greatly increases his muscle mass and strength, but he sort of loses focus after that. Well, that's <laughs> a win-win. <laughs> yeah, which, well, um, in an effort to give him back his focus, he sends him to the moon for years to supposedly watch out for extraterrestrial threats. So in clip two, we hear we will meet Luther. Attention, Master Luther. Mission alert. I repeat, mission alert. There's a biochemical substance, unknown, but dangerous, especially in the wrong hands. As my number one, I need you to deal with the threat. I'm ready. Yes? You don't need to call me by my number anymore. Why not? Because I'm the only one left. It's when, yeah, when he woke up and, <laughs> and saw his physiology, <laughs> yeah. uh, quite hairy. Um, it, you heard him, by the way, 
speak to Pogo. That's one of the characters I don't cover here for sake of brevity, but he was a monkey who uh, spoke like an English um, butler (laughs) (laughs) and dressed like (laughs) So that's uh, another uh, little footnote here. Now, number two was Diego. And uh, he had the power to manipulate thrown objects, such as knives, while in flight. He also was a knife expert. Uh, he liked knives, and he preferred them over guns, as I do. <laughs> and he's a uh, bit of a vigilante. So let's meet Diego in clip three. Don't m- m- Remember, Diego, just picture the word in your mind. Don't... don't m- don't m- move. You did it. I'm so proud of you. There is no mystery here. Nothing to avenge, nothing to solve, nothing like that. It's just a sad old man who kicked it in a big empty house, just like he deserved. He was a monster. He was a bad person and a worse father. My name is number two. You know why? Because our father couldn't be bothered to give us actual names. You should stop talking now. You know, you of all people should be on my side here, number one. I am warning you. After everything he did to you, he had to ship you a million miles away. Diego, stop talking. That's how much he couldn't stand the sight of you. Oh, let me guess. You're going to save the day. It's what I do. Really? Last I checked, you mopped floors. You should leave. Whatever you say. Right. Oh, the melodrama. Hmm? Oh, the melodrama. Well, as you can see, like most of all our families, this one's a bit dysfunctional. <laughs> Just yeah. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, and there's, uh, don't get me wrong, they really love each other, but they really hate each other at the same time. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, pent-up uh, aggression, um, especially over the fact that uh, Ben, who is... Uh, uh, number, um, I think he was number, uh, I forget which one, but, uh, he dies Six. and, um, th- th- it caused all the others to, to turn on, on the father. So, um, uh, anyway, number three is, uh, Allison, um, and her ability, her superpower was, uh, she could influence events, make people do what they she wanted them to do by prefacing any statement with, I heard a rumor. Listen. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that you shot your friend. Shot your friend. What the hell? I nicely asked their leader if he could put back what didn't belong to him. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. It's really tired. It's really tired. You want to go to sleep? You want to go to sleep? I heard a rumor that you want to be my friend. I heard a rumor that you like me. I heard a rumor you left me. I heard a rumor that you stopped crying. I heard a rumor that I get it in one I heard a rumor that you think I'm perfect for this I heard a rumor that you love me. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. You think you're just ordinary. I heard it. Back up. Back up right now or you're going with it. Allison, 
Allison, baby, let it go. I heard a rumor. Allison's okay. I'm fine. I'm gonna be okay. I heard a rumor that you walked away. Color folks can't try on the merchandise, but if you'd like to make a purchase... I heard a rumor that you let him try on anything in the store. That's quite a well, power. I heard a rumor this was a great series. <laughs> <laughs> um, now my next one is probably my favorite character of the whole academy klaus <laughs> um he's number four and uh he has the ability to speak to the dead um and he started doing the doing drugs at the age of 13 after being locked in a mausoleum as an eight-year-old child oh dear lord well that's me klaus clip five <laughs> You children like to blame everything on me. You're a sadistic prick. He's dead! What a real sick bastard. Thank you. I know you don't like to do it, but I need you to talk to Dad. I can't just call Dad in the afterlife and be like, Dad, could you just... Stop playing tennis with Hitler for a moment and take a quick call. Not a single drop of coffee. Dad hated caffeine. Well, he hated children, too, and he had plenty of us. <laughs> you look like shit. Oh, thank you. Is that my skirt? Oh, yeah, this. I found it in your room. It's a little dated, I know, but it's very breathy on the bits. Where'd you go? The future. Nice shit, by the way. Called it. You are depriving some village of their idiot! I told you to wait in the car. Yeah, but you also told me that licking a 9-volt battery would give me pubes. You got a big mouth, you know that? Oh, wow, what a truly shocking revelation. Sorry, <laughs> I dropped it. Oh, blow. Best funeral ever! I'm just going to go murder mom. I'll be right back. So, he also has the ability to come back from the dead. He can't be killed. <laughs> Which no. has some uh, interesting interactions with uh, Sir Reginald <laughs> uh, later on. Um, okay, so now number five possessed the ability to travel in time and space. And ended up trapped in the future as an uh, as an old boy, where he discovered that the world was in ruins due to an apocalypse. Uh, he eventually returns to the Umbrella Academy years later uh, for his uh, for Sir Reginald's funeral, uh, with a message that the world was due to end in eight days. Let's meet five. Lipsies. You children like to blame everything on me. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong clip. Um, 
clip six. I, I, sorry, yeah. yeah, sorry. It's I, I, I'm I'm looking at the clip numbers and the character numbers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Here you go. <laughs> What's the date? The exact date. Twenty-fourth of what? March. Good. So, are we going to talk about what just happened? It's been seventeen years. It's been a lot longer than that. Where'd you go? The future. That shit, by the way. Called it. I should have listened to the old man. You know, jumping through space is one thing. Jumping through time is a toss of the dice. Wait, how did you get back? At the end, I had to project my consciousness forward into a suspended quantum state version of myself that exists across every possible instance of time. That makes no sense. Well, what if you were smarter? How long were you there? <laughs> 45 years, give or take. So what are you saying? That you're 58? No, my consciousness is 58. Apparently my body is now 13 again. How does that even work? Dolores kept saying the equations were off. But she's laughing now. Dolores? Guess I missed the funeral. How'd you know about that? What part of the future do you not understand? Heart failure, huh? Yeah. No. Nice to see nothing's changed. That's it? That's all you have to say? What else is there to say? Circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> Circle of life. That's right. And, um, yeah, five, <laughs> five is it really the, the brains behind the operation. Um, sort of went into the future, became involved as a, uh, an assassin for a, an organization that to make sure the time continuum is correct. <laughs> he's my favorite. Yeah, he's my, uh, you know what, Miles? Uh, if it wasn't for Klaus, he would be my favorite too. Uh, he's my second favorite. I appreciate uh, his cynicism. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, okay, you guys. Yeah, if you were smarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Ben was the one that died, so he only appears as a ghost, and he only could be seen by Klaus. Uh, but he was number six, and he possessed possessed the ability. His superpower was to summon eldritch creatures through a portal to another dimension located in his body. Confused? No, um, I read comic books. It's good. Okay, uh, Ben's <laughs> I was Ben's death is one of the main reasons that the academy disbanded in the first place, and he frequently interacts with Klaus. Uh, with some comic results. Uh, okay, that's clip seven. Why not try starting your day with a glass of orange juice or some eggs? Can't smoke eggs. I'll take care of you. Seriously, Klaus? You shit eat out! Get off! Get off! Have you showered? Ow, 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 no. And how are we feeling this morning? Oh, peaches and cream, how are you? Curious, how many more rock bottoms are you gonna have to hit before you start taking care of yourself? <sighs> you need serious help. <laughs> And that's Ben giving uh, Klaus advice, which Klaus never takes. Um, and unlike his, her, 
their proper uh, siblings, uh, Banya slash Victor um, Hargreaves, number seven, seems to have no superpowers at all and is left out of all the family fun. However, Vanya Victor's life was a lie. They not only possessed powers, but ironically, um, they were the, arguably the most powerful of the entire academy. And find out later the truth. Flip eight. This just doesn't make any sense. From this power, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I understand now. When we were four, Dad told us you were sick. You had to be isolated. We were so young. None of us knew to question it. Now, you have to take your medicine like a good girl. It'll help calm your nerves. It's time, number three. But then he asked me to do something I never understood. Until now. Do it. I heard a boomer. I heard a boomer. stuff it is you there joe oh yeah okay no uh michelle was saying something i just agreeing with kenny it's very heavy very there are some very charged emotional uh scenes in this in this series yeah it they do a great job of going to to mixing very comedic light-hearted things with very serious things. And the actor actually that plays uh, Vanya slash Victor uh, is transsexual. Um, so it was a role that was, I guess, uh, natural for them to uh, to undertake. Um, so anyway, the estranged siblings uh, gather in this uh, season one for Reginald's funeral. By the way, um, after I had watched all three seasons of this i stumbled upon a, a stupid S stephen king made for tv thing called storm of the century are you familiar with that oh, oh yes. yeah okay jürgen now. <laughs> huh with jürgen now. and colm fiore 
who is Reginald Hargreaves in the Umbrella Academy. Okay. Colm Fiore played the demon in in uh, Storm of the Century. Cool. You you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I, I said, "Oh, that's that's the same guy in Storm of the Century." Anyway, uh, after they gather for Reginald's funeral, Five returns from the future, revealing that a global apocalypse is imminent, but is chased by time-traveling commission operatives and assassins Hazel and Cha-Cha. <laughs> the commission is organized is an organization rather than that Five worked for as an assassin while he was in the future. As the reunited siblings try to uncover the secrets behind Reginald Hargreaves' life and their dysfunctional relationships are strained, Five briefly returns to the commission to learn who the hell's responsible for this apocalypse. His return startles the others in the next clip and provides them with a clue as the family bands together to try to prevent the impending end of the world. Clip 9. Jesus! You guys, am I still high, or do you see him too? Five, where have you been? Are you all right? Who did this? Irrelevant. So the apocalypse is in three days. The only chance we have to save our world is, well, us. The Umbrella Academy. Yeah, but with me, obviously. So if y'all don't get your sideshow acts together and get over yourselves, we're screwed. Who cares if Dad messed us up? Are we gonna let that define us? No. To give us a fighting chance to see next week, I've come back with the lead. I know who's responsible for the apocalypse. This is who we have to stop. Harold Jenkins? Who the hell is Harold Jenkins? Yeah, you'll have to watch to find out. Well, yeah, who the hell is Harold Jenkins? And what did he do, if anything, to cause the apocalypse? And can the dysfunctional family of superheroes save the world? And who would name an assassin Chancha? <laughs> <laughs> well, watch season one of the Umbrella Academy to find those answers. You'll like it. Very cool. Yeah, I forgot how much I enjoyed the first season. I, I just hadn't gone back to it because we haven't had Netflix back for that long. So uh, I'm going to definitely be putting this on my list uh, to re to watch the next two seasons. It was a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to discover. I know you guys did a lot of like, into a lot of the comics. Uh, I was when I was a kid, um, not recently, and I was so thrilled to discover this stuff. Like I was when I, I saw Sandman. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's great discovering these things and sharing them with all you guys. All right. Very fun. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to add before we go to the break? No, that's it. All right. Well, uh, they're back, everybody. Uh, the Kill the Hippies, my Kill the Hippies collaborations for Halloween. I know this makes Michelle happy. We've got Hallabaloo back-to-back -back with The Wolfman's Wedding. And you can all eagerly anticipate the third installment from Vance Midnight. Another novelty song is coming down the pike. That's our uh, alias, Vance Midnight. And his Swank Bodies, I think is the name of the fake group. 
Uh, we pretend that we unearth singles instead of actually just <laughs> doing this. Um, but this one will be an 80s one, Michelle, the new one. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like 80s music. Uh, yeah. It's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back right after this. Enjoy the Halloween tunes, and uh, Miles will uh, regale us once again uh, with one of his uh, historical moments. We'll be right back. Thank you very much for coming to Halloween, or should I say, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a Halabaloo on this spooky night. Come on in and have a bite on the neck. <laughs> I think you've got a few bats in it's your house. In the ghostly pool. It's a Halabaloo. You're gonna be there too. Godzilla is going to come, but he couldn't fit in the room. And the mummy's running late. He goes wrapped up in his tomb. And the ghosts say boo. It's a hallabaloo. You're gonna be there too. I'll have you know, I was at the top of my anatomy class. I can find a vein on anybody. <laughs> Dancing ghouls and singing ghosts. Now raise your cup, propose a toast, the blood. <laughs> Who put steak on the buffet? I specifically said no steak on the buffet. Oh, it's not like a little steak will kill you. No, a steak will literally fucking kill me. That is the one thing that will fucking kill a Dracula, is a steak. That's the fucking fact. How could you not know this? Do you live under a rock? Why, yes I do. It's quite an ice rock, might I add. The sun is rising and our hallelujah is coming to an end. We hope you made some ooky friends. What do you mean, friends? I think you mean to say, It's a Halabaloo! <laughs> and the ghosts say boo! It's a Halabaloo! You're gonna be there too! from my couch, you bad boy. You'll be sleeping in the wolf house tonight.
Dracula was supposed to be the pastor, but we soon realized it'd be a major disaster. We looked all around and couldn't find a preacher, so we went to the lagoon and hired the creature. The Wolfman Wedding. They stated their vows with growls and howls. The bride and ghoul were dressed to be cool. The wedding party was warlocks and bitches. And the big green beastie who was sewn up in stitches. That buffet was substandard. I, I expected more. Well, you know, it's the best meal I've eaten in a while. I bet the wolfman would disagree. <laughs> What's so funny? I don't know. That's just the thing I do. I just I say something and I laugh because I'm a Dracula. <laughs> It just seems super natural for me to do. <laughs> oh, the Wolfman wedding. Dracula, why did you throw rice at the happy cup? It's not rice. Those are dried maggots I pulled out of my cotton. <laughs> <laughs> you fool! It's the Wolfman's wedding! The Wolfman's wedding! The Wolfman's wedding! Oh, the Wolfman's wedding! goes off to their honeymoon, and I dream the moon. Mama don't like tattletales. All right, welcome back. Hope that got, got everybody in the uh, festive mood. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'll finally be able to use the dry ice sounds I recorded earlier this year. So that's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, welcome back to the show. Uh, Michelle, I hope that uh, put a little smile on your face. It does, considering I have heard, even though I do not go to them myself, that Walmart now has Christmas decorations out in their stores. And I am mad. Mad, 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 mad. I don't blame <laughs> you. So Target has some pretty fun Halloween stuff right now. And, um, of course, welcome back, Joe. Good stuff with the Umbrella Academy. Thank you for that. You're welcome, and today was the opening day of Reaper's Revenge. All right. Woot woot. And uh, last but certainly not least, Miles, uh, it is your time to uh, uh, give us a little history. Yes, indeed. All right, so uh, my second part of the my Yamato uh, series, the, the battleship Yamato being the uh, most impressive battleship to ever sail the seas. All right, so um, 
my first episode was about her creation and what led to her being and some of her um, capabilities. I know one nugget of information I failed to mention. And I'll do it now. Her her eighteen inch barrels, uh, triple triple turret uh, guns, fired shells uh, in a range of they could go. The effective range was 16 miles, but at a 45-degree angle, the maximum range was like 25 miles. That's how far this the, the, it could launch its shell. So I'm just going to throw a little get uh, a guesser out there. In pounds, how much do you think one shell weighed? Ooh, uh, a ton. Very good guess. 3,000 pounds, a ton and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's how far this this ship could fling steel. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an impressive uh, feat of engineering. So, um, the um, Yamato actually did not come into, um, uh, was not commissioned until after um pearl harbor she was in in october of 41 she was going through her sea trials which is you know your initial you know maneuvers to make sure you're you know i guess good enough to sail and what have you and uh she was able to reach her top speed of 31 and a half miles per hour which is impressive for a ship that size and um I'm sorry, did someone say something? No, I don't think so. No, it must have been an echo. All right. Yes, and so it wasn't until uh, December 16th of 1941, a full nine days after uh, Pearl Harbor, uh, that she was officially commissioned. And uh, it was done at Kure, the uh, Kure uh, Naval Arsenal in Hiroshima. And it was a rather strict ceremony. By strict, I mean secret, austere. It wasn't. They wanted to keep the uh, ship's capabilities uh, pretty much secret from American spies and, and or information intelligence gathering and what have you. And so um, she was joined with the Nagato and the Mutsu, which is her sister ship, in the first uh, fleet of the Japanese Imperial Navy. And she was um, uh, commanded by a, a Captain Takayana, I'm butchering this name, Takayanagi. There, I think I did it. I think I did it justice. <laughs> All right. So um, on the 12th of February, that is when she became the flagship under uh, Admiral Yamamoto. And then on the uh, the May, May 27th is when she left Hiroshima for the Battle of Midway. Midway being the grand architectural battle designed by Yamamoto to draw the American carriers out and crush them in one fell swoop with a, a, a masterfully created trap. That, that didn't work out, uh, obviously. The, uh, the Yamato actually was not within range of combat of her, uh, Midway 
Uh, she was lagging behind with the, uh, another portion of the fleet. The, the, the aircraft carriers were supposed to, you know, draw out the fleet, and then the Yamato would come in with the other surface ships and engage and finish off the fleets, etc. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so much for that plan. It failed utterly. And on June 5th, uh, Yamamoto ordered the fleet to return to Japan after the sinking of the four aircraft carriers. So, um, on August 17th of uh, 1942, the, um, the Yamato left Hiroshima for Truck Lagoon. And 11 days into the journey um, on its way, it was spotted by the USS Flying Fish, which was a, a, an American submarine. And that submarine fired four torpedoes at the Yamamoto. At the Yamato. None of them hit. Um, the American torpedoes are known to be faulty. It's entirely possible some of them hit, but failed to detonate. That was a that was a, that's how bad American torpedoes were. They could yeah. hit and just not go off. <clears throat> uh, they, they were they were horrible. I'm sorry. Clunk. Yeah. Basically, thunk. Yeah, it, it's that. That's how bad it was. Americans did. We didn't even do testing on torpedoes. They were just engineered and slapped together, and pff, there you go. And that you know, it was like, hey, American ingenuity. But Jap the Japanese were much more uh, research intensive on their torpedoes. So, um, the 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 Yamato, uh, while at the Truck uh, Lagoon uh, uh, area, it remained there during the Guadalcanal campaign, in essence, it, it, the reason that the Japanese um, command didn't send the this mighty machine of war to support the land battle was it didn't have the appropriate ammunition for its main guns for bombardment of land targets. Yeah. That's an oops. They also had poor sea charts. So when you've got a ship that big and you don't know the oceans that well, uh, that close to land, you don't want the bottom of a ship being torn open by crossing over a, a stone or or a coral reef or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, on top of that, the, the uh, Yamato, unsurprisingly, was a gas guzzler. <laughs> it was, and so to save fuel... That they they that's another reason that they basically didn't send her out. So um, around February 11th, her another sister ship, the Musashi, was uh, made the flagship of the first fleet, and the Yamato went back into dry dock for inspection and repair. And then she left that dry dock and went around doing some little mission or something or other, and then went back into dry dock for upgrades and a refit mostly uh things like more improved air to aircraft guns and, and stuff like that the, there's no real changes to her um main guns of course now on september in 42 she sorted out to intercept task force 15 um, by this time, the Japanese had known that there was essentially no American ships at Pearl Harbor. 
And so they were like, oh, the, the Americans are out performing maneuvers, and we're going to send the Yamato out to engage, and basically just, we're going to, um, you know, slug it out. But they failed to find any contact, nothing happened, and so they just came back empty-handed or, or what have you. And then December of, um, uh, of 43, the Yamato and the Musashi were going... Uh, Towards a uh, another location, to they were escorting a uh, a transport of um, towards another battle area, and they were eff effectively pressed into transport duty. These ships had huge amounts of weight carrying capacity. On top of that, they had an excessive amounts of armor, and so. Imperial Japanese army people were put on the ships to be, you know, they were, they were, they turned the Yamato into a troop transport. And so on its way, they uh, get spotted by the USS Skate and she fires four torpedoes at the Yamato. One of them hit and it tore an 82 foot hole into her starboard side, just uh, the, the, the rear half of the ship. And it caused the, um, so there, the, there's a, the rear turret, there's two front turrets and there's one rear turret. The upper magazine of the rear turret flooded. I don't know how an upper magazine floods without the bottom flooding, but that, that's, what the, that's what the internet says. And a, hmm. as a result, she took on 3,000 tons of water. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's that's a lot. I was I was doing math and I realized I'd made a math an error in my calculations. That that makes my my fifth mistake this year. I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> All right. Um. So, on January 16th, she managed to get uh, uh, back to Hiroshima for repairs, and she was there until February 3rd, and then again put back in dry dock on February 25th through the 18th for radar upgrades and anti-aircraft upgrades. Now, at this point, the Japanese Navy had been pretty much um, savaged. When you lose your main carriers, America was now the dominant Navy in the um, Pacific. And so the Japanese are now fighting holding off actions uh, effectively. And so we are the next battle I'm going to talk about is of the Philippine Sea. And once again, the Yamato is basically turned into a troop transport. Now, the Battle of the Philippine Sea is more commonly known to American uh, in history as the Great Marianas Turkey Shoot. And when that happened, that was three, three more of Japan's smaller carriers, not the big fleet carriers, but like escort carriers. And 426 more of their aircraft were shot, you know, were sunk or shot down. And the, um, the only significant contribution that the Yamato made in that battle was on com committing friendly fire on its own aircraft as these aircraft were returning back to the fleet. <laughs> Another oops moment. It's not a very auspicious uh, uh, career so far for nice. the Yamato. I'd say not. 
No, no, it's, it's it isn't pretty. On Ju- uh, yeah, it doesn't end well either. On June twenty fourth, she um is sent back to refuel and to get more anti aircraft um upgrades, and then they do something called an emergency buoyancy keeping procedure. What that is is essentially they remove everything from the ship that is flammable. Linoleum, mattresses, whatever can be, you know, uh, 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 it isn't uh, obviously gunpowder flammable, but you need that to fight the war. But they, they take away things that can burn that are un, they consider unnecessary. And so sailors were sleeping on planks of wood. Now, that can't be great for morale, but the planks of wood could also be used for emergency repairs on the ship when, you know, if it should ever suffer damage again. Now we proceed to the Battle of Leyte, Leyte Gulf. And before heading out to that one, she was given a black coating for nighttime camouflage, so she'd be harder to spot at night. And part of what was used to do that was soot from her own funnel, from her own uh, uh, chimney. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the way to Leyte Gulf, it was spotted, the fleet was spotted by the USS Darter and the Dace. And uh, she wasn't hit, the, the Yamato wasn't hit, but two Takao-class heavy cruisers were sunk by these uh, by the torpedo attacks from these uh, submarines. And uh, the admiral of that fleet at the time uh, shifted, he was on one of the Takao-class, and he shifted uh, his command over to the Yamato, and then the Yamato became the flagship at that point. Now we move on to the Battle of Sabayan. And in this battle, um, the, the USS Essex sent out 259 aircraft sorties. And the Yamato suffered two hits and a near miss and another 3,300 tons of seawater uh, leaking into the ship. Now, as bad as that sounds, her sister ship, the Musashi, suffered 17 bomb hits and 19 torpedo hits. So it's not hard to guess who the uh, American uh, flyers were targeting or -hmm. focusing their power on to to get uh, to sunk. And then uh, we proceed to the Battle of Samar. And on this one, Admiral Halsey of the American Navy was uh, effectively duped by a decoy fleet that the Japanese had, and he sent the majority of the, his American forces north to go track down this the decoy. It was it was basically just a way to go waste time. And the Yamato and the fleet she was with came across Taffy Three. Taffy Three is an engagement I've discussed before. I don't know if it was on this show or Adam's show or, or the other show. Um, that's the one that the Johnston, it was a destroyer that charged the Japanese, firing its guns. It effectively suicided into the Japanese fleet. Um, so the, the American forces were effectively six small escort carriers, three destroyers, and four destroyer escorts. And the destroyers are tiny ships compared to battleships, of course. And this is the first and only time that the Yamato engaged surface combatants. 
and she got multiple hits on several targets, including hitting a carrier and uh, and, and probably a destroyer too, I'm sure. But she spotted a spread of torpedoes incoming towards her. Um, torpedoes, these would be have been fired by the destroyers. Destroyers have uh, had um, torpedo racks on them. These were not submarine-fired torpedoes. And so she turned to avoid um, the, the spread of incoming torpedoes. Now, when I say turn, the Yamato being the largest battleship in the world, her turn radius, you know, uh, uh, if I said it, that she turned like a bus, that would be a compliment. <laughs> she turns turns like a, a, a I mean, just a, a, you can just imagine. I mean, it's like a, a mile radius or something. It's just huge. Like a how, train. how long it takes. I'm sorry? Like a train? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, imagine a locomotive out in the water, and you're like, oh, time to turn, and you just follow the tracks as it goes around uh, in a very slow arc. She, in, in her maneuver to avoid these torpedoes, she effectively was taken out of the battle and was unable to re-engage. And uh, she only suffered three near misses from the plane attacks from the American escort carriers and 17 casualties to her crew from... Uh, gun strafings for to her anti-aircraft crew. Uh, 21 more uh, casualties happened as she retreated. And the uh, as the Japanese fleet fled from this battle, they came across the USS Sea Lion. And uh, the, the Sea Lion attacked and sank the Congo and another destroyer. And in that battle, they also lost uh, three more heavy cruisers and a light cruiser. And so the anti-aircraft defenses of this fleet were severely uh, decimated. And so with that, uh, Yamato retreats back again, more repairs, upgrades, and um, the first battle fleet is disbanded due to the losses, and the Yamato is then assigned to the second fleet. So with that... Um, that is effectively her uh, her her battle history, um, and so next Friday will come uh, her final battle, and uh, how how she meets her demise. So there you well, go. That's I'll queue up taps. I would I'll, I'll call it an inauspicious uh, battle history of the Yamato. All right. So all right, fascinating stuff. I appreciate it, Miles. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, so, anything else before we go to the break? Uh, no, I've got to do some math on my. Uh, I'll, I'll have more uh, at the three thousand tons of water. I'll be able to describe that a little more familiarly. Yay, math! <laughs> uh, Yay, math! <laughs> all right, we're gonna go ahead and go to the break. Uh, when we come back, Michelle is gonna be our haunted tour guide once again here on It Came from Cleveland. Very much looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, everybody hold tight. We'll be right back with more It Came From Cleveland after this. It's my son Kenny's birthday today, and, uh, wouldn't your son be happier playing with kids his own age? Assuming it's okay with your two dads. I would rather chew off my own foot. And now... On with the show. Going 
Cleveland, Ohio. A land of strange rituals. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. Back from the dead. Kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Cut the power! Now at last, the real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish hunter. Something evil. I feel their presence. In the air, in the walls. It has found us. Not recommended for impressionable children. And of course, thank you, Miles. Uh, interesting stuff. Looking forward to part three. I, I have one little nugget, if I may. The um, so three thousand tons of water. Uh, every I figure everyone's familiar with an Olympic-sized swimming pool, which is about fifty yards by twenty-five yards by two yards deep. Yeah. That is about six hundred and sixty thousand gallons. The Yamato took on seven hundred and fifty thousand gallons. Oh, okay. Wow. So, that's a lot. Yep, that's a lot. Uh, welcome back, um, uh, Joe. Uh, thanks again for the Umbrella uh, Academy recap. Yep, always need an umbrella. All right. Yeah, definitely, especially with that much water on your uh, 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 battleship. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> some galoshes might help, too. And of course, uh, Michelle, welcome back uh, to you. And uh, yeah, tell everybody we're, we got another special spooky destination to visit tonight. Yes, yes, we do. We are going to be visiting the Winchester Mystery House. Now, this is a staple in California. Uh, mostly everybody's heard about it. Um, I have uh, gotten most of my information directly from, um, you know, uh, about the history of it directly from their website. Um, it's actually owned by a private company now and they give tours and they have events there and stuff like that. And um, they can act they uh, actually have a Halloween event every year, too. So it's it's supposedly pretty uh, heavily booked and a fantastic thing as well. So, you know, there and you got the, the your Reaper's Revenge one too. So, you know, a lot of good Halloween attractions out there. Oh, yeah. Um, but the history around this house is interesting. It kind of dates back. You remember when you, you did your, 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 uh, uh, your um, bit on Randy and how he exposed psychics and frauds? Yes. This, the history of this house has that in its past. Um, it's an architectural wonder, wonder and a historic landmark in San Jose, California. It was once the personal residence of Sarah Lockwood Pardee Winchester. She was the widow of William Wirt Winchester and the heiress to a large portion of the Winchester repeating arms fortune. Um, tragedy befell Sarah. Her infant daughter died of a childhood illness, and a few years later, her husband was taken from her from her by tuberculosis. Um, shortly after his death, she left their home in New Haven, Connecticut, and moved out west to San Jose, California. There, she bought an eight-room farmhouse. That's the first of these bunch of pictures I've, I've uh, 
posted and began what could only be described as the world's longest home renovation, stopping only with when she passed on September 5th, 1922. Next picture I posted were some of the workers that worked on this house. And here's why they are being mentioned. Because from 1886 to 1922, construction seemingly never ceased as the original eight-room farmhouse grew into the world's most unusual and sprawling mansion, featuring 24,000 square feet, 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, and six kitchens. And a partridge in a pear tree? (laughs) Yeah, it was built at a price tag of $5 million in 1923, or $71 million today. Yowza. Yeah, but what remains a mystery about this whole thing is um, it's indeed a mystery. Even before her passing, rumors of the mystery house were being built by an eccentric and wealthy woman swirled. Was she instructed to build this house by a psychic? That is the rumor that a psychic from New England came and told her that the ghosts of all the people killed by Winchester rifles were haunting and cursing her family. So she needed to build this house to create a maze so the bad ones couldn't get to her. And so she appeased the good ones that were supposedly giving her these plans late at night when she would hold her own secret seances. Wow. So that that story alone is enough to, um, to generate rumors of spookiness, not to mention the weird features of the house. There are stairways that lead directly to a ceiling. There are doors that open up into brick walls. <laughs> you know, there is one staircase that has so many steps and I forget exactly how many steps. It's in the hundreds, but it only takes you up like nine feet. Well, some little steps. <laughs> so to get, get, to get into mood about this house, um, there, I have a little clip here. It is from Winchester Mystery House, Secrets of the Mansion from 2009. It was a short documentary on the place. Walking through the twisting maze at the Winchester Mystery House evokes a mixture of feelings. The mansion is beautiful, yet bizarre. Questions arise than answers. Was it madness or was it misguided genius that drove Sarah Winchester to build obsessively until the day she died? Yeah, there, there are very few actual pictures of her. Um, there's one picture of her in front of the house um, when she was a lot, lot older. And then there are pictures of the portraits that she had done because, you know, mm-hmm. wealthy families back then, that was their form of, of pictures. So... Um, all of, she was a striking woman. She had a very commanding presence. Um, and it's, it is a mystery. And it's one of the more well-documented haunted houses, even if there aren't that many movies written about it. Because yeah. you have um, 
the document document the, the documentary I just uh, played the intro for. You have um, Mrs. Winchester's House it was a TV movie in 1963, um, which was a short TV movie, it's a little half hour segment, so it's probably more like a documentary, like the one we just heard. Um, in 1996, you had Hauntings Across America cover it. Um, the Winchester Mystery House Explored, Secrets of the Mansion in 1997, another short documentary. You have American Castles, um, episode uh, in 1996 called California Dreamers. You have Mystery at the Monument um, from 2013. Uh, the episode included Ellis Island, Sailing Stones, the Alamo Treasure, and the Winchester House. You have Mystery Hunters from 2007, King's Close, and the Winchester House. You have Real Scary Stories, uh, Lemp Mansion, The Haunted Firehouse, and the Winchester Mansion from 2001. And you had Most Haunted um, in 2007, Most Haunted Live, Winchester Mystery House. Very cool. So that, that just covers the documentaries. It doesn't recover, cover the reality shows or the movies that come after it. But the mm -hmm. movies that come after it are interesting. There are two that I could find that actually solidly talked about Winchester and Sarah Winchester in them. However, the first one that you're going to hear um, the trailer for, I will have some comments after you hear. This is the trailer for The Haunting of Winchester House. It started as the perfect summer getaway. It'd be a nice place for us to get away for a while. This place is a magnet to certain folks. Who's there? Do you believe in the paranormal? Based on true events. This you can't escape. You? What's already got you. Winchester House. Everybody knows that ghosts can't hurt you. Sounds a little corny. It is because it places it, it takes place in a house that looks similar to the smaller version of the house that you see in the first picture in the first black and white photo I I I listed. Okay. Um, they talk about Sarah Winchester. They talk about the ghosts. They don't talk anything really about the history of the actual house itself and it has one of the type of endings that i hate in yeah. the movie <laughs> but um and it's uh, it's an asylum picture oh there you go so there you i, I had to tell you that you know it's an asylum video you know straight to video release and so if you're looking for historical uh, feel to it don't look at that because it's basically about a modern day couple <laughs> And their daughter who go to caretake this house and uh it's yeah it's it's not bad as movies are but um all i can say is that uh i'm glad Haley joe osmond is not in this movie or else then it really would have been a ripoff <laughs> <laughs> it's not really but it's it's got similar qualities to uh yeah. the six the sixth sense so that's my reason for hating the movie well, the ending, anyways. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I would not recommend the movie. If you want to watch something for fun, go ahead and watch it. I mean, I did. <laughs> sure. But, but it's, it's not, not something you go into it. Not like the next movie. It's no masterpiece. No, but this next one was spectacular. The next movie is Winchester. It was film. It was released in 2018. It's got Helen Mirren in it as Sarah Winchester. Oh, and it it was a good movie, big budget, and I I really enjoyed it. I feel their presence in the air, in the walls. It has found us. It's gargantuan seven-storied structure with no apparent rhyme or reason. Built on the orders of a grieving widow. Sarah Winchester's mind is as chaotic as the house itself. We're worried about her sanity, Dr. Price. Mrs. Winchester, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. Do you believe in ghosts, Dr. Price? I do not believe in anything I cannot see or study. I feel their presence in the air, in the walls. It has found us. Mrs. Winchester, why over construction? The spirits killed by the rifle. We lock them away. Thirteen nails seals them in. I will do whatever it takes to protect my family. This spirit has a power we've not seen before. Beautiful dreamer, wake unto me. Starlight and dewdrops are waiting for thee. Sounds of the root world heard in the day. I'm not afraid. I'll the land of all passed away. You leave my family alone. will never defeat us. Sounds really scary. Yeah, and they did a good job at reproducing, you know, the look and the feel because they have her riding up into the carriage and you can uh, she's, you know, got the black mourning on, the black veil, and she look they they tried to faithfully reproduce the the one of the few photos of her actually, the one of her in the carriage in front of the house. Yeah. And they did they did a really really nice job with the movie itself. Yes, they took artistic license, but it had a great feel to it, and it was a much more fateful uh, nod to the Winchester House than the Asylum picture. Oh, really? Are you? Uh, you know, I just I, the Asylum is—they're such good quality. I'm just saying that, that they probably spent more on special effects than they did on research. <laughs> well, and they probably spent more on craft services for this movie than they spent on the entire budget of the Asylum one. Oh, correct. You had Helen Mirren in it. She ain't. She's no small, uh, small, small cookie. There. She's no. one of my favorite actresses. Oh, she's wonderful. Um. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a beautiful house, sprawling, as you can see from the pictures, just all of the land that it covers. And just, you know, little houses going. There, It's just, it is the most bizarre thing. And there's one room in the house, it's the ballroom, or the organ room. And they have it, and the park, the floor is all hand-laid wood. And in, when you go into that during the tours, you have to take off your shoes. They don't let oh. any any hard sole shoes uh, walk on that floor. It is that old and that, you know, gorgeous. Um, so, naturally, with the house and its mystery and its sprawling nature and the claims of insanity or and and being driven to protect yourself from from spirits wanting to kill you for creating it, you know, for being part of a family that created a, a weapon of death. It has attracted a lot of reality shows. And chief amongst them are the ghost chasers, are these, these, these reality shows that are created amongst paranormal researchers that go around and look for haunted mansion, haunted stuff. Now, I'm not going to knock these people. Some of them are enjoyable. Some of them actually try to debunk noises, try to debunk, you know, uh, electromagnetic surge, you know, the the, 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 the the surge in the electronic fields and stuff like that to give a scientific explanation. Mm-hmm. Unlike the ones that came after, the, the Ghost Hunters were great for the first several seasons. I really enjoyed them. They tried to debunk everything. They would admit when they couldn't figure out why something was happening. But they didn't make up things at the beginning. They didn't do drama. None of that stuff. Yeah. Except for maybe a few a little crew interaction every now and then. Somebody not getting along with somebody, but you know, that can, that can be real as well. But then later on you could see how they were being produced more. And that mm-hmm. that made me kind of sad. Yeah. Um so in uh season 2, episode 11 of The Ghost Hunters, they visited both Winchester House and the Queen Mary. And here's a little intro from that episode all right here uh that's clip uh four i think it's four yes four yeah there we go on this episode of ghost hunters taps travels to california to investigate one of the most unusual haunted houses yet there's about 40 staircases most of which lead to nowhere but will steve's inexperienced tech team hold up the investigation how are we doing no offense but look what we have i wanted you to show me how to do the tango and will this tangled web of a mansion overwhelm the team this house is like a little madhouse and then taps boards a luxury liner full of supernatural activity you can fit four of the battleships in this thing. The vortex is right there. Will the ghost hunters capture evidence of the spirits? They're kind of felt kind of lightheaded right here, dizzy. Something just touched my back. Steve and Dave make a shocking discovery. Oh! What? Oh my god. Oh my god. Now they hype it up a little bit for the promo, but what I like is a they, they put cameras all over that, that house. They did the best they could because they had to run um, power cables because you could they couldn't use the electrical grid that was inside the house. They actually had to connect to one where the lights would stay on so they would have enough power. Mm-hmm. So, but they, found that they, they recorded nothing unusual. Nobody had any personal experiences, no orbs, no... Uh, strange electro electromagnetic readings nothing 
slid it around cameras or anything like that. Now, when they went to the Cream Mary in that episode, somebody actually tried to fake a bed's blanket moving, if I remember correctly. It was something having to do with the bed in one of the berths. And oh, they, yeah, they, the Queen Mary. Yeah, on the Queen yeah. Mary. So they caught them at that. But they came back to the Winchester house. People said, no, we didn't experience anything. So we can't say, you know, we can't give you any any proof. You know, we, we had a dead night. And, uh, but on the Queen Mary, there, one uh, the, the leader of the team really got mad when they saw the tampering that was done. They couldn't prove who did it, but they know it was it was not supernatural. They knew somebody was screwing with their cameras. Wow. Well, it's good they called them out. Yeah, they did. It was it, it was it was it was really refreshing. And you know, I like that cuz they do it. They they're they're also uh Roto-Rooter plumbers. Uh the the two team leaders, they work in plumbing, so they know how to look at things like knocking in the pipes. Mhm. And things. So they did a really really detailed detailed job and they know to look for reflections from the street or other light sources and yeah. it it was done really, really well. But um, I don't have any more clips, but I wanted to discuss the other reality, one of the other reality uh, ghost hunter teams. And these guys, to me, they are drama queens extraordinaire. <laughs> okay? It is so ridiculous the way they act. Because they did the Winchester house not once, but twice. And that's the ghost adventures team. And these guys, <laughs> um, I've seen better acting sometimes in an asylum picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever seen the leader, the leader of their team. I think his name is Zach. I'm not sure. But he, the, the leader is a, is a tall, muscle-bound, short-haired, uh, dark, dark short hair, very energetic, very, you know, I had an experience when I was a kid, a demon tormented me. So now I'm going out to find them. And, and he confronts them sometimes. He's telling them to come and get me if you think you're so big. And <laughs> his other teammates, you know, they have fainting spells or, you know, I, 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 maybe they get hyped up so much that they bring, they fool themselves into thinking what's going on. But it doesn't seem like that to me. It just seems like they're just really, really out there to, to, you know, try to make a buck off of uh, pretending to find ghosts. Would you like some? They need to protect their phony baloney jobs. Yeah, it'd be these type of people that the Amazing Randy would go after. I bet if Amazing Randy was alive during the time that Sarah Winchester was being built by that psychic, he could have done something about it. Yeah, it could have had her investor money in... Uh... Something uh, a little more worthwhile. Can you imagine spending that much money for the fear of the unknown? Uh, no. <laughs> I absolutely uh, cannot even relate to that. Yeah, but it's so it's it's a you know it's one of the houses when you think American haunted house, you think of the Winchester house. Yeah. Um, it's. It, it's been, it's spectacular. It's sprawling. It has actually inspired other movies. Um, the one of the trailers we're going to be hearing uh, coming up is is called Rose Red. It's a Stephen King uh, uh, TV series, 
uh, miniseries, and uh, it actually the house is a very much um, look like that he got some of the ideas for the house in from um, uh, the Winchester house because it's another a- one of these big sprawling places that have these rooms that just me has one room in the in, in the movie where you walk in and the room's turned upside down so the yeah. lamps are sticking up out of the floor that would normally hang down from the ceiling and uh of course he has a a, a, a bit part in it playing uh the pizza boy pizza delivery <laughs> guy <laughs> i actually uh just uh, acquired a uh two vhs tape set of that Oh, very cool! It is a it's a good movie. I enjoyed it because it it's it's you know it's it's got some you know people I like in it. It's got uh, Julian Sands in it, so Julian Sands, yeah, so, definitely yep, a great so, actor. Warlock, boxing Helena. Oh yes. So, but he's no, a very good bad guy. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty sinister. I always thought he'd make a really good elf in a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Probably one that has a little bit of a dark vent to him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make him a drow. Put some. Uh, yeah, and Rosaretti actually plays a good guy. So. Oh. How out of character? Yeah, he plays one of the psychics that the uh, the the teacher gets to investigate the house. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Another house like the Legend of Hell House, you know, where you know <laughs> it hasn't stopped and keeps calling people back to it. Ugh, so creepy. Yeah, haunted houses. Uh, this is the this is the time. This is the time of year. I'm glad this is uh, the uh, the angle you've taken for this year. Very cool. I've enjoyed it. There are so many different haunted houses out there, and, and there's so much history on some of these. Even if I have to do two different houses in the same section, at least I know where the movies are, and um, we can talk about the history and, and the mm-hmm. le- legends behind them. Because I I've got my haunted heartland book right next door to me. And there's, I'm going to be pulling up some stuff out of there too later. So, um, if you want, I can tell you about the rest of the trailers for the break. Yeah, go for it. All right. We have the first trailer is going to be David McCollum born September 19th, 1933. Our lovely Mr. Ilya Karyakin, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, from, uh, the man from uncle. Mm-hmm. And he's one of, that was one of my favorite little spy shows. And he is in, he was born in Glasgow, Scotland. And he's in a really st- strange, goofy movie called Dogs from 1976. <laughs> where ordinary dogs start running around killing people. Then we have Kirsten Johnson, Kristen Johnson, born September 20th, 1967 in Washington, District of Columbia. And she is in a funny movie called Vamps from 2012. She plays Mrs. Van Helsing. Oh. And then we have the one, the, the king himself, Stephen King, born September 21st, 1947, Portland, Maine. And he is a pizza delivery boy and the writer of Rose Red from 2002. Joe, don't let Sharky listen to this Sharks trailer or this Dogs trailer. <laughs> he might get ideas. He might have been a advisor on the film. Yeah, probably. So. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with lots more. Uh, well, a little bit more. Uh, it came from Cleveland right after this. Dogs. They're coming. They're coming your way. They'll be here soon. 
You have the responsibility of the lives of everyone here. Two people have been killed already. One of them a student. By what? It's terrible, yes, but you have no evidence it was done by dog. The hell is that? I was bitten by a vampire. And that's Stacy. Hi, Stacy. When I was a day player, I was doing a lot of E. Look how cute she is. What are you doing? Don't you hate how when you sprout fangs, parts whitened and the other parts dingy? Running around to clubs and dating idiots. Uh, a little bit won't hurt. Staying young is getting old. Morning. Morning. I met someone at school. He's goofy, but cute. What's his name? His name is Joey. Van Helsing. What? What did your parents say about me? <laughs> She's exceedingly white. So you don't like her because of the color of her skin? He's undead! You think everyone is a vampire? <laughs> what are your intentions with my son? What do you mean? You plan to suck the life out of him? No more than any other girlfriend. A lot of weird stuff has been going down. They're trying to force us out into the sun. The neighbor said the cable company was there. Can Time Warner just burst into a person's home and kill them? Yeah, they're terrible. That was way too close. And I didn't put in rollers. I'm going to have coffin hair tomorrow. The community is being persecuted. Call in the heavy hitters. We all got to work together, folks. How would you ladies like to be my wife's? Eat me. <sighs> Not literally. So, so. Your wife is very sweet. You will do what my accountant says. CPA. I feel like I'm really tripping right now. Houses are alive. If we're quiet, if we listen, we can hear houses breathe. We say haunted, 
but we mean the house has gone insane. From the imagination of Stephen King comes a disturbing new epic tale. There are rumors that you're planning a scientific investigation of Rose Red this summer, a sort of psychic field trip. Is that true? For Professor Joyce Reardon. My goal is modest, a single twitch. It's time to stop the silliness. The truth is out there. When I come back from Rose Red with proof, you... It's sleaze. It's a spit in the eye of rational thought. Now, she has assembled a team of gifted psychics. Hello, are, are you the group? I think we're ready. To unravel the secret. Waking up Rose Red is not a good idea. Rose Red is a dangerous place. That was built to last. Rose Red was built by John P. Rimbauer. What makes Rose Red one of the world's most fascinating psychic artifacts is that after 1950, Rose Red grew on its own. Follow me and prepare to be amazed. It's so wild, like something in a funhouse. The important thing is not to go off wandering. Where's Annie? If you wanted this place to wake up, I'd say you've been successful. If some houses are born bad... Annie, what is it? I insist you stay a little longer. This one... We shouldn't be here! It's feeding off us. ...was created... It's stuck again. She means to have her proof, even if someone has to die for her to get it. In hell. Rose Red. I feel their presence in the air, in the walls. It has found us. All right, welcome back. Thanks again, Michelle, for all the great work on the trailers and uh, your segment. Fascinating stuff about Winchester House. Oh, yeah, and um, that dog trailer. Supposedly the trainers were Fred Dean, Cindy James, and Carl Spitz. Looks like Cindy James had the best credits, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and of course, welcome back. Miles, thanks again for uh, your uh, history lesson. Yep, yep, thank you. And Joe, once again, thanks for the recap on Umbrella Academy. A lot of fun. Yes, it was. All right. So, I have two leftover trailers that I got uh, for uh, aliens posing as humans. Uh, we, got, we got a fun one here. This one is stupid. Um, and it has gone under many different names, a few different names. Uh, most notably, uh, Alien Avengers is <laughs> what it was called. Uh, well before the Avengers uh, movies. Uh, it came out in 1996. It was a TV movie uh, with uh, uh, stars George Went, Norm from Cheers. Okay. <laughs> and uh, also uh, Julie Brown, the redhead Julie Brown, the singer. Um, and, and they uh, come into a small town where the sheriff has been killed uh, by an, an alien. And uh, these two, this alien couple posing as humans, come in and they decide that they're going to be the new justice for this small western town. And um, uh, But it, it, it was released on home video. I actually have a copy of this in my store. 
It is called Aliens Among Us from 1996. Again, with uh, with Norm from Cheers and uh, uh, Julie Brown, the homecoming queen's got a gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here you go. Alien, aliens Among Us. Something strange is going on in Justice, Arizona. Where is everyone? You the sheriff here? He is now. Old sheriff got his head cut off. Think aliens might have killed your sheriff? You always leave the head. It's called body snatching. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I guess I am the sheriff now. Now the town needs a new sheriff. Are there any nominations? You over here. Meet Charlie and Wanda. Actually, we have a philosophy. Let the punishment fix the crime. Aliens among us. See, the government keeps secrets from us all the time. They think we can't handle the truth about Martians. He thinks the government's got a special place out here in the desert. Don says it's called Area 51. Bad guys better watch out. Because <laughs> there's a new kind of justice in town. Are you aware that you were speeding? No, officer, I wasn't. 105 miles per hour, Mr. Knievel. Start your engines! An alien justice. Aliens? George Went and Julie Brown. Aliens Among Us. All right, a horrible audio quality. That's the only, that's the best one I could find for it. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a fun, dumb movie. Uh, you know, and, it, you know, uh, George Went and uh, uh, Julie Brown are, are cool. But the marketing on the box for this is so deceptive. They made. I think it came out probably on home video a few years later, and they tried to kind of make it look like Men in Black because they show like you know all these um, you know guys in suits with dark glasses on the on the front of the box, and it's just like no, <laughs> it it is not. That is not what it is. Uh, but yeah, so stupid little movie. If you can find it, check it out. Uh, halfway decent TV movie. Now, uh, the last one, Michelle, you're probably familiar with this. Great movie directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a, a fun high school movie. Oh my God. I think the teachers are all aliens and they oh, are yes. in 1998's The Faculty. From Kevin Williamson, the writer of Scream and Scream 2. From Robert Rodriguez, the director of From Dusk Till Dawn, comes a new science fiction thriller. No more pencils, no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right. These six students won't just question authority. They'll have to destroy it. Critics are calling it hip and scary. 
A thrilling ride from beginning to end. The faculty. Please report to the principal's office. Oh God, the the octopus legs. <laughs> or or John Stewart getting the bic pen to the eye. Oh, was John Stewart in that? Yeah, he played one of the teachers. He played the one I think the a science teacher or something. Oh yeah. my God, I forgot about that. So it's been a long time since I've seen it, but um, it has uh, what's his name from uh, Terminator Two in it, um, who was in Peacemaker, right? Um, Gosh, yes. Oh, Say it again, Robert Maya. Patrick. Robert Patrick. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, fun little movie. Yeah, he played uh, the coach. <laughs> he's yeah, awful it, in that role. I hated him, which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know, he's good at playing characters you hate. He really is. He's just got a face <laughs> and, and, and a way of doing things. Um, but yeah, a fun movie, uh, uh, you know, not, not, doesn't take itself too seriously. If you like scream and stuff like that, this is a, this is a fun one. And of course, Robert Rodriguez is a great director. Um, you know, he's done a lot of fun stuff, variety of stuff. That's, he's another one of those, you know, going back to our conversation last week, he's a director that'll take on all kinds of stuff. He did all the grim and gritty stuff, you know, the machetes and everything, but then Machete was a character in Spy Kids too, you know. Right. <laughs> so uh, and Spy Kids and the just... effects weren't bad either. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, but uh, he El Mariachi, uh, the Antonio Banderas sequel, um, uh, Desperado. Oh, Desperado, thank you, and you know, uh, and of course uh, Planet Terror, all that fun stuff. And, you know, and here he does a little alien invasion flick. So, and this one plays up the, um, the, the, the trope that developed, uh, in Starman, uh, you know, and, and a little in other ways too, like, you know, the cone heads and stuff like that in a much funnier way. Um, you know, uh, aliens trying to, uh, uh, pass themselves off as human. So... Uh, or, or, you know, aliens trying to do things in a human manner and not in not being able to do it very well. So, yeah, like the last picture with him trying. <laughs> yeah. And I really want to check it out. Uh, in, in, you know, honorable mention, I have not seen it, but I do love me some Alan Tudyk. Uh, I would like to see, uh, what is it, Resident Alien is uh, the name of the series he's in. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think it is. It's a uh, um, uh, it, it popped up. Uh, yeah, Resident Alien comedy drama series, and I think that's on uh, the second season. Linda Hamilton is in it as well. Love her, of course, from the Terminator movies, and uh, I don't really recognize anybody else in it. But uh, Alan Tudyk apparently is just absolutely amazing in his awkwardness of trying to pretend to be human so and uh great actor of course he played mr nobody in the doom patrol and you probably remember seeing him as one of the cast members on uh firefly and the film uh that wrapped up the the story uh serenity so been in a ton of stuff you know you see him everywhere but um, yeah, so there we go. That's that's all I have, and it is. Uh, but uh, um, 
unless anybody else has anything else, I think we could probably wrap up a little bit early tonight because I just got bombarded with a whole bunch of sales and I'm sorry if I was making noises, but I was actually trying to package things to get ahead. Not a problem. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, sold some good stuff though. Um, you know, sold a, sold a couple more of those universal horror type movies and whatever happened to baby Jane. What a great movie that is, huh? Oh yes. Good yeah, one. Yeah. So, um, Betty Davis at her most manic, um, and, uh, but yeah, so, uh, if, it, if everybody's cool with it, uh, we can just go ahead and start wrapping things up now, uh, unless there's anything else, anybody else needs to mention that takes more time than a parting shot. Nope. I've got some small, good little things for the parting shot. So I'm good. All right. Anybody else? Joe miles. Nope. Nope. All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, come back next week. We'll be here. Um, more Halloween fun, uh, leading into the, the holiday. So, uh, Joe, what do you got on the way out? Oh, just uh, Spangoli. We have gargoyles this week. Oh, yeah. Great move. Great bad movie. (laughs) Yes. Great terrible movie. Uh, Anything else, Joe? No, that's it. That's all I have. All right. What about the Tim Cormel show? Oh, well, the Tim Cormel show. We're going to have the top 10 reasons uh, Trump needs those boxes back. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. One of them is that uh, Lonnie's receipt is. (laughs) (laughs) nice and uh michelle what you got i bet there's not a goliath amongst those gargoyles no i know there's not because i've seen that that movie before (laughs) um uh so we got some good news here i don't know how old it is but i thought people would enjoy hearing about it uh cruelty free circuses germany is making it happen with holograms instead of real animals oh very nice Yep, so a circus in Germany is replacing real animals with 3D holograms. We're talking performing elephants, galloping horses, and huge goldfish. All thanks to technology with no more animal cruelty. And another uh, a good ruling is uh, India grants legal personhood to all animals. Oh, wow. So yeah, you have to treat them with honor and dignity. They cannot be treated as objects or property. And then the last one is Cambodia says no more to elephant rides in Angkor Wat. Good. So That's yeah, awesome. because um, it's yeah, the, starting in 2020, the elephants will no longer be forced to transport transport tourists around town in the name of ecotourism. This means more foot exploration and less animal exploitation. Yay! Awesome, awesome. All right, and Miles, what do you got? Yeah, so apparently there's a, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a hurricane yet, I think it's still just a tropical storm, but it's brewing in the Caribbean and it is going to turn north and very much hit Florida in one way, shape, or form. It looks like it's going to be a pretty potent storm, so uh, I don't expect us to have too much trouble. Um, it's going to be a powerful storm when it hits, but we're on the east coast and it's going to hit the west coast, so uh, All right. still be here. All right, fingers crossed. Okay, everybody, have a great night. We'll see everybody next week. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.